Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Hello. Hello. Hey, Dad. I know you're on Facebook Live. I saw you. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. We want to walk with you on your journey to wholeness. And I've got the lovely Carlos Houston. <laughs> that, that didn't go right. And well, I guess it's the handsome. I'll take that. Carlos Houston and his adorbs. Dorbs Kizaya. Hello. His 20-year-old oldest of five daughters. So, And we're on Facebook Live right now. We're also on Instagram Live. Like, we are really picking up our, like, social media. Because we have a young one. I know it. <laughs> like, Instagramming it. I'm like, okay, okay I didn't know we could do that. All right. So, we want to talk today about child and adolescent anxiety. Right. We're going to stay in the same vein. Last week we talked about depression. The week before that we talked about bullying. So let's let's keep it going. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so Kizaya, I'm going to let you, I'm going to tee you up first because you did so good on the last show. Thank you. So tell us what you know about anxiety. Like, have you ever experienced anxiety? Has there, you know, have friends that have had anxiety? I have experienced anxiety. I uh, I get nervous sometimes in front of people. Um, my worst case of anxiety was uh, after a color guard <laughs> performance, and I had a panic attack. And now that I look on it, it was kind of funny. It actually was really funny. Yeah, I looked in a mess. moment. At you think time. you're gonna die? Yeah. yeah. At the time, I thought I was gonna die. Like I thought it was over with. Like it was the it end for me. Um, but your whole life flashed before your it eyes. It did. It did. <laughs> While I'm crying and my black makeup just smearing down my face. Um, I'm sorry. That is not funny. <laughs> oh, it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, now it is. Yeah. Now. Okay. So now. tell us what were you what were you anxious about? Um, it was my first color guard performance. So it was the first time I'm performing in front of a whole so football you have stadium. The, the um flag? the flag. Yes, okay. with the marching band. Because I know there's guns and flags. Yes, I had the flags. Um. And I was I was very shaky. I was nervous because I was like, what if I forget something? You know, what if I don't do it right? What if I fall and someone walks over me? You know, it's a lot of what ifs mm. um, that now I look back was really unnecessary. I, hate, I, I can't stand it when people live in the what if world. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. A lot of what ifs. That's, oh. that's what it is, isn't it? At yeah. the end of the day, it's imagination. Right. You are imagining it's the a worst case scenario. It's a cartoon world. It's cartoons. So, yes, you're living in a fantasy world that does not exist except in your own mind. And so what you're doing is you are creating the stress. You are. It's kind of like I like to teach people about anxiety and I say, you know, let's say that we're standing in a building and we see a tornado coming towards us. Well, our brain is developed such that it will go into a self-protective mode. Right. And so it's fight, flight, or freeze. And so when you see uh, the tornado, you want to run away and go somewhere and hide and huddle so that you're safe. Well, when you're in a situation where you're creating the anxiety and you don't really know what to do, that's the panic attack is you're just, your body is like, I'm, I've got so much energy. I've got so much of this 
fear. The adrenaline is flowing. Yeah. And it, your body doesn't know what to do. So everything just kind of stops because you can't really run off the field. Right. You can't really freeze because then you really are right. like living my anxiety. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was a great that's a great example. Thank you. And I think it's kind of funny that when we, you know, go into anxiety, we always think of the worst. You never say, oh, well, this is going to turn out great. It's always, oh, my gosh, what if I fail? What if I do this wrong? You know, and I feel like if we can train ourselves not to think so negative, then we wouldn't have anxiety like that. I agree. I think one of the big things is mm. being in the moment. And I feel like no matter what we talk about, I find a way to bring it to mindfulness. I just think mindfulness is so powerful. It's a powerful tool for anybody, Carlos, the anywhere. Zen master. Um, <laughs> but really, though, to, because the, the thing about anxiety, it is such a futuristic view, imagination of what's to come. And it's the worst case scenario. Mindfulness is being in the moment. Right here, right now, none of those things that you're imagining are happening. They're the, the worst case scenario, the, the what ifs. In the moment, everything is happening. Everything is great. What's happening right now is exactly what's supposed to happen. You're walking onto the field. You have your flag. You're going through the motions. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do in the moment. Right. Well, and I, I want to talk a little bit about adolescent anxiety. And there's, there is this common term for adolescents. That's the imaginary audience. Okay. An imaginary audience is adolescents are so fearful of how they look because there's, there's just a lot of uncomfortableness in your body and your body's growing and your brain's developing and you've got to, you know, um, impress mom, impress dad, impress your teachers and do, you know, you've just got a whole lot of stress on you. And when you're feeling or believing that you're not doing well, there's this imaginary audience, like everybody is seeing what's going on with me. And then, you know, that's where these negative self thoughts and loops develop to promote uh, a chronic, more chronic anxiety. Real quick, and I'm, I'm going to try to make this as fast as possible, but a quick story. Um, uh, it was from a, a, a TED talk, I believe I was watching, and she was talking about growing up uh, in Europe in in uh, you know, like in the, the 40s and the entire town would get together at someone's house and the kids would perform for that from that house. And she was saying that her and her sisters we were getting ready to perform and she was so nervous, so scared of performing in front of, you know, all these, the neighborhood and all these parents. And so her, her, she told her mom, I don't, I don't want to perform. And her mom said, why? She was like, because everyone's watching everybody. And she said her mom told her, okay, no one cares about you. They're not here to watch you. So stop it. <laughs> And the, the, that, that sounds harsh and, and brutal, but she said that changed everything for her because no longer was she concerned about who was watching her because her mom told her, they're not watching you. They don't care about you. They're not here to see you. Right. It took all the stress off of her shoulders at that moment. Right. Well, and that, that goes to show you that where you put your brain and what you focus on, you give so much power. And right. so if you are, if you believe that you're going to do poorly... Like I was a gymnast, right? And so I would get anxious every time I would start to perform. But then our, our, my coach taught us to just, he would have us constantly go over the routine in our head. And so when I would get up to the, uh, the apparatus, whether it was the beam or the bars or whatever, I would just go back into my brain in terms of, okay, how many times have I done this in, for real? Right. And then how many times more have I done it in my brain? 
okay, let's go back to that perfect tape in my brain and let's go. And so that would help me with the anxiety. And once I started the performance, I, it was the anxiety was gone. Yeah, that's how we did um, Color Guard and Winter Guard. Um, before the performance, we'd sit in a circle and listen to the music and close our eyes and do it all in our head. And yeah. after a while, that really does help because you you know what you have to do. You're doing it in your head. And then when you go out and do it, it's like, oh, this is my second time doing it today. You know, the first mm-hmm. time I did great. The second time is a breeze. That's right. That The picture that you're creating Again, back to the what you're imagining. Are you imagining yourself succeeding, or, or are you imagining yourself failing? Now, what about parents? How how do you talk to, or what should what parents, parents understand how to talk to their children to kind of decrease some of that anxiety? Well, I think oh, can we get, can we back up just one second? Sure. Let's let's think about what does anxiety look like in your child, right? And if you listen to our last week's show, it looks a lot like depression, too. Um, if, if you remember when Kizai was talking about uh, things that she was experiencing or she saw her friends experiencing during stressful times. We were talking about depression, but that depression showed up uh, or they were expressing that depression during stressful times, uh, midterms, finals. So the anxiety was always there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, let's come back to that. It is time for our commercial break. Sorry. I know we're kind of pulling no, the wool over you. Hey, we have to pay the bills. Don't, don't apologize. Right. So we, we love say, our sponsors. We love. Yes. We love our sponsors. <laughs> and so we will be right back. Um, Facebook Live. We'll see you in just a second. But, Instagram Live. So thank you, sponsors. Here's a word from them. Bye. Hard exercise works. They believe in really hard exercise in the relentless pursuit of excellence. Results are earned, not given. Group training can be personal and fun. I personally love hard exercise works. It has helped me to get back into shape. I don't focus on my food. I focus on the workout and I feel stronger and I feel healthier and happier. And that's what it's about. Hard exercise works in John's Creek. So could your nonprofit use $10,000 per month in free Google advertising? Since 2003, Google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world. They've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations, recruiting and volunteer work, and in raising awareness for their causes. Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. We are here talking about child and adolescent Anxiety. Uh, we have the lovely Kizai Houston. Uh, Hello. I, I, I like that that college two point thing. I like that. Yeah, she may know, but I do. <laughs> well, let's talk about boundaries some other time. I know, I know. She is her own person, Daddy. I know. I know. 
please know that I know this. Okay, she I has know. told me this. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but we're talking about childhood and uh, adolescent anxiety. Uh, the last show that we did was on depression and recurring over into anxiety. And there's a, we've talked about there's a close connection between the two. Yes, biochemically, they, they very much look the same. And so that's why... If you're taking anything for anxiety or depression, you may take an antidepressant for anxiety or vice versa. Um, And that's why, like, sometimes different people have different biochemical needs. Um, And I like to say that if you so there's a lot of people that especially don't like to put their children on medication. I would say let's, you know, try a lot of other things, try therapy, try um, relaxation, try different things. And if those don't work then utilize medication as your last resort. And oftentimes it can be a bridge over troubled waters. So the medication can kind of come in to help. Like crutches. Exactly. While while you're doing the psychotherapy, while you're learning different skills and uh, ways of addressing anxiety, um, the medication can make that process a little easier for for your child. Right. And for you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... So we're um, talking about let's see, how does it look? Yeah, let's. what does it look like in children? So let's say 5 to 10. So, um, you know, lots of kids might have, I mean, we have trichotillomania, pulling out their hair. Um, they can pull out the hair on their arms and their legs. There's um, just basic anxiety where they uh, can't sleep. Um, maybe they're not, they're, they run around a lot. And, you know, there's a lot there's a huge discrepancy, um, and you have to think about uh, anxiety versus ADHD. That's a big thing right now. And ADHD, one of the symptoms of ADHD, rather, can be anxiety. So, and vice versa. Right. So being able to, to recognize that, and that's where a professional psychotherapist comes into play. It, too often I feel like we see something that resembles something that we saw on Google and so we say, hey, that's what that is, just because it looks like. But with mental health and, and diagnoses, there's a lot of different things that can have some overlap. So it's, it's best to have, be able to have them accurately diagnosed. That way they can be accurately treated. Right, right. Well, okay, so some of the other symptoms that people can see, um, the, you know, it, they can look hyperactive, like so they move around. I mean, people that have... Like adults that have anxiety, you know, if you bounce your foot all the time or you're tapping or nail biting. Yeah. Yeah. All Mm. that kind of stuff. That is if you have an excess of energy and you don't know what to do with it, then that is that's what we look. I mean, that's what anxiety is. It can also look like rage. So it can come out as an angry way. It can look out. It can look like um, panic, like we talked about. So there's a lot of depression. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the sadness, the, the, the crying, the being very teary. And we're not even going to talk about bipolar disorder. That's a whole nother right. ball of wax. So, so what can parents do to help their child through anxiety? So what, Carlos, you've got five. What do you do? Uh, what do you do for your anxiety? Well, <laughs> you got five girls. I travel a lot. And <laughs> 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 no, I think um, it's very similar to what we talked about in the last show, and that's giving them an opportunity to express themselves, giving them a space mm-hmm. to, to talk about it um, without any feeling there's any weight. There are no correct answers. There's, there's, there are no wrong answers. But being able to talk about what it is that you're feeling, is it, because uh, sometimes that anxiety, and this is, 
I think we've talked about before about trauma, how there's capital T's and there's little T's, but it's all trauma. And that's what we talked about validating. You have to remember that your child may be feeling an intense anxiety about something that you think is so little. Mm-hmm. You can't demean or belittle what they're feeling because you feel like it's not that deep. So being yeah. able to validate them and help them understand that what they're they feeling. They have a little bitty brain and it's right. not fully developed. And then they have a small life experience. So right. you feel like what they're feeling anxiety about is because of your vast experience of life. Well, this is, they're, they're young. Their, their experiences are much different. So they're going to grow into how you have grown, hopefully. But you have to give them that, validate where they are and give them that opportunity to grow. And what happens is when you do that, when they overcome this, it empowers and strengthens them for the next opportunity right. for them to grow. And it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. So I feel like giving them that space and being able, what you said earlier, talk to them without talking. Allow them to do the talking. Yes. Ask questions and shut up. That's hard for parents sometimes. I, I, I mean, I, I, I see that could be a hard thing. Yeah, because you, they are your babies and you want to, you want to fix. I know as, as I'm not going to say all men, but I think men, we have this desire to fix. We want to fix the problem. You know, uh, let, let's let, let, uh, let me deal with it. Let me take care of it. Let me fix that. Sometimes. And, and I've used this analogy before, not analogy, but this life experience I don't know if you remember, uh, Jeannie, uh, Kizaya came home and told me that she had a teacher oh, yeah, that hugged her mm. in a way that she didn't like. Okay, my first thought is, let me at him. <laughs> I'm going to beat him exactly. up. That, I'm, I'm dad. However, that wouldn't benefit anybody. Uh, and then she's got to visit me uh, once a month <laughs> at the county. So that wouldn't be good. So what, what, what I asked her, I said, are you comfortable telling him? that you weren't comfortable with that. So, so can I, I, cause I was, I would love to hear your kind of your, I've heard, we've heard his perspective. Right. So tell us about how you managed your anxiety during that situation. Um, I, I think initially I wasn't sure what it was that I was feeling. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. How old were you then? Fourth like, grade. Yeah. You were like, no, so she, yeah, we're not talking about grade. 16, 17. Yeah. No, we're talking like 11 or 12. She was eight yeah. years old in fourth grade, nine years old. Yeah. yeah right. Was right. Young, she was young. young. Exactly. So I wasn't, um, I think at first I was scared because I mean, I, I like the teacher I, and I still do. Um, so, <laughs> I still do. yeah, so I wasn't, I d- didn't want to like, you know, get anybody in trouble, didn't want to have any issues, but it, it was a feeling I was uncomfortable with. And uh, once me and my dad talked about it, I was able to, you know, speak to him on a, I'd say mature for a fourth grader on a, a mature level. Probably mature for an adult. Right. <laughs> I'm sure he was like, whoa. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> right. But but it was fixed afterwards. Um, but dealing with that, it was after speaking to him and the way he talked to me, and because we did have to talk on a mature level because it was a mature situation, um, he did help me with that that uncertainty feeling, that um, anxiety, that nervousness. So he validated you? Yes. Yes. He, he made me feel like what I was bringing to him was worth the time, worth the um, conversation, and worth the solution finding. And I'm going to pause did. you right there. So parents, one of the things that you can do is let your children know that whatever they bring to you, it's worth your time. Good. And that is so empowering for your children because what Carlos did was he validated you right. and then he gave you 
the adult mindset and the adult words to be able to go and handle it yourself. Right. And I, I, I did feel empowered because, you know, like you said, you know, he wanted to fix it right then, but he gave me a chance to fix it on my own. So I felt like, you know, I have the power to do this. I have the power to, you know, control what's going on in my life, even at a young age. So basically, let's go back to a, a biblical reference, which is he taught you how to fish. Right. He did not take care of it. So a lot of people now in my generation that have children, they are used to going and fixing things at school. They're going they're they're going to the teachers. They're going, you know, above the kids heads, which leaves the kid out. And so in order to teach you that you are capable and you are competent to go to you to communicate with you and to say, you know what? Maybe this is what you can do. This, Like if you want to write it out first or if you want to talk, if you want to practice, there are lots of different things that parents can do to empower their children, which decreases their anxiety. Yeah, I think that's really important. Well, and, and let's go back to just the basics. So anxiety is about our brain feeling overwhelmed. Our body has dumped out a lot of chemicals. There's a lot of, lot of anxiety. I mean, a lot of um, adrenaline flowing and there's just a lot going on. The All the cylinders are firing. And so that can feel extremely overwhelming. And just a basic, basic, basic tool that you can do is you can teach your child, if they have a chronic anxiety problem, to breathe. And taking a deep breath, like, and like I, I have taught people, because um, I was taught, that if you um, take your hand and you, you trace around your fingers... Every time you go up, you breathe in. Every time you go down, you breathe out. And so that teaches your child to look, to be in the moment, to focus on your breath. And because the first signal to our brain that there's no more anxiety or there's nothing left to be worried about, it is taking deep breath. And that oxygen in. And if you're if you're upset as a parent, like the person I was talking about earlier, that he was just so heated, I was like... Like as he was talking, I was doing deep breaths to remind him to take deep breaths right. because that I mean, that's what I do now. When I'm feeling anxious, I just immediately start taking deep breaths. Being intuitive to your body, just like the breathing, to take that time. Uh, I was thinking as you was tracing your, your hand, you can trace it slow or you can trace it fast. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're taking those deep breaths, you want to trace it slow, but also being intuitive, feeling your tension. That's one of the things that I've noticed, the, the tension in your muscles being able to stretch in your neck, literally start at the top of your head mm-hmm. and work your way all the way down to your toes, making sure that all of your muscles are relaxed, that you don't have tension. There's times that I see people with their, their fists clutched and, and they don't consciously know that they're they're making a fist or or you can see in their shoulders that they're they're tensed up. But to be able to take your time and let those muscles relax. Right. Yeah. So be being aware. There's your there's your uh, mindfulness again, Carlos, is being aware of your body and what it's doing. So now it is time for our verse of the week. And this week it is first Peter five, seven. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about. I think that is just a fabulous principle when we can give our cares and our worries to someone and we know that they respect them and they respect us. And they can hold them without using them against us, without hurting us or without feeling like they have to fix it or become overwhelmed themselves. Then it's it becomes that person becomes a safe place. 
And that's how we benefit in our relationships is be the safe place for other people. And then maybe that that can in turn help them to become a safe place for you. I think that is very good. I want to real quick before we sign off today. If you do not follow Dr. Jeannie Burnett on Facebook or any of the social medias, please Google her. Find her. If you do not follow me, Carlos Houston, please look us up, Google us, find us, connect with us because we're doing some things and we definitely want you to be a part of it. Um, we want to keep these shows going. We're going to start doing the Facebook lives, the Instagram lives. Thank you, Kizaya. But we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep pushing this and we want to make sure that you, you don't lose us. Um, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Food, Faith and Feelings. We really appreciate y'all and we hope that uh, we've said some things that benefit you. I love you, Kizaya. You're so great. Tell them bye, Kizaya. Bye, you guys. I really enjoyed this. Yay. Hope y'all enjoyed me as well. I did. <laughs> great. <laughs> bye. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>